here. And that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of the show. Now, today we have Rick Heller coming on who wrote Secular Meditation, 32 Practices for Cultivating Inner Peace, Compassion, and Joy. Before we get into the interview, a quick word from our sponsor, MAK Mystic Expressions. Now, this is a Himalayan salt company that specializes in pink salt. Now, I feel that transitioning from white refined salt to Himalayan salt is a small step we can all take to improve our health. If you head over to makmystic.com, they have a wide variety of different products that include salt lamps, salt shakers, salt cutting boards, salt heat bags, along with more information on how pink salt can improve your health. makmystic.com. All right, so we have Rick Heller coming up on the show today. Now, he has a master's degree in journalism from Boston University, a master's degree in public policy from Harvard's Kennedy School of Government, and he also leads meditations at the humanist community at Harvard. So sit right there. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for joining us on Exploring Mind and Body. Hey, Drew. Great to be here. So, Rick, tell us about how you got into cellular meditation, or sorry, secular meditation. Um, well, uh, as I, I relate a story in the book, uh, this goes back actually to uh, about 30 years ago uh, when I was having, I was a young guy and uh, living in San Francisco, and I was having what really was eye strain, but I had. Uh, so perseverated about it that it became, I, it, effectively, I amplified the pain. I didn't know this at the time, but I went to a bunch of doctors. Finally, I went to a specialist at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. He told me my eyes were fine, but that by perseverating on minor irritation, I'd amplified it, and it had become much more painful than it had to be. And, you know, I believed him, actually. With the way he spoke uh, was credible. And actually, over the next um, about 48 hours or so, my, my whole problem went away. It was really a, a miracle, it seemed. Uh, uh, it felt that way. Um, and it was actually about that time that I realized, uh, well, I learned about meditation. I, I started to take a meditation class because I realized that I had actually stressed myself to this point where I was, was hurting myself. And uh, that opened me to considering meditation as something that uh, could be helpful. So I... I started meditation with the breath meditation, and I did that exclusively for about uh, 20 years. And then really over the last 10 years, I've expanded it uh, uh, through uh, a whole bunch of other different practices that I've learned and uh, which I've shared in the book. Can you give us an example of the breathing exercises that you're talking about? Well, uh, a simple uh, breath meditation is uh, you simply pay attention to uh, you focus your attention on the respiratory system, so you pay attention as you breathe in. Uh, it, you could be paying attention actually just to how the air comes in the nostrils and then goes back out the nostrils, or you could be pay, paying attention to how the belly rises and how the belly falls, and, and that's a simple mindfulness of breath meditation. And mindfulness means paying attention to what is going on in the present moment with an attitude that is friendly and accepting. So it's both 
focusing uh, on what's going on in here and now, and it's also with this attitude that it, that is welcoming uh, and not rejecting your experience. What's the biggest challenge you find when uh, maybe someone beginnerish wants to try to learn to meditate and improve their health in this manner? Well, actually, I actually find the breath meditation challenging, and uh, uh, often uh, when we I lead meditations uh, every week now, and uh, when I do meditation, I offer instructions for both the breath meditation and something else called ambient sound, where you are paying attention to the sounds in the environment, let's say a bus going by outside uh, or uh, just uh, uh, just rustling in the room and things like that. Because people have uh, different ways that they uh, can focus, and some people are better at it. And I actually have found that for myself, breath meditation isn't really necessarily the, the best uh, practice for me. So I've, I, I like the ambient sound meditation. Uh, I do um, uh, what's called loving-kindness meditation. I, I go into that in the book. But uh, people are different, and people uh, need to experiment uh, to see what is the best way to get into this practice. Yeah, I love that. I think that many times we try to try to jump into meditation, and maybe we only heard about one way or learned one way, and then struggle with it, not realizing that everyone has a different path or a different, I suppose, tool, if you will, to help you learn how to use meditation to improve your health. Just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about Studio Pilates and Red Deer. Now, I had the opportunity to interview Colleen Manning, who is a Pilates instructor and owner of Studio Pilates and Red Deer, and it was an absolute pleasure. Now, Studio Pilates and Red Deer, they specialize in small group classes. What I think is super cool is everyone that signs up gets their own personal, private consultation and to learn how to use the equipment and get to know the area better. Now, Colleen is such a welcoming and pleasant individual to be around. The whole environment that Studio Pilates has to offer is certainly welcoming. No matter if you're a beginner or an advanced, they have something for you. Now, they have a number of different classes from the Piloxing to Booty Bar. They also have men's classes. So they have a number of different options for small class size if that's something you're looking for. Now, if you want more information, head over to studiopilates.ca or they can be reached at 403-341-5911. Are you in Boston right now? Uh, yeah, I live in the Boston area. I lead uh, meditations in, in Cambridge. Uh, it's a place called the Humanist Community at Harvard. So it's um, it's it's within uh, there's Harvard Square is the um, where the university, it's the commercial business district next to the university and uh, the um, the organization where I lead the meditations is affiliated with the university we're not owned by the university but they have a, a, a sort of a counseling relationship for uh, students at the university who are not religious and are seeking uh, the same sort of services you would uh, get if you um, were um, uh, say Catholic and, and seeking the, uh, the the Catholic uh, chaplaincy or something like that so in that area is it does it take a little bit longer for um, I suppose the community to, you know, turn to meditation to help improve their lives. Well, I, I think in um, in the United States, the West Coast is really where med- meditation caught on. Uh, let's say, certainly thirty years ago, people were meditating, bef- and when I was first exposed to it. Uh, then when I moved back east, I'm originally from uh, uh, New Jersey, but when I moved back east uh, uh, in the um, 
around 1990 or so, uh, meditation was not very common in the East Coast. Although, actually, in the, in the last 10 years, it's become much more common because there's now a lot of scientific evidence showing benefits to meditation. So people who previously thought it was kind of weird say, well, okay, let me give it a try. Uh, but it's becoming increasingly accepted, I would say. And would you say that being in that type of area, there, there'd be more stressed out students because of, I don't know, um, expectations around their schooling, education? Well, there are certainly a lot of stressed out students, and there is uh, some research uh, in terms of meditation. I normally talk about meditation as a sort of formal practice where perhaps you sit down, you close your eyes, uh, and I've got some of those in the book, but I also have these other things, mindfulness practices, where you can be walking around, uh, uh, for instance, going to a museum and looking at the exhibits in a very mindful manner where you're focusing on that particular work of art, let's say. And uh, so being able to focus is a, a skill that is helpful in all uh, parts of life. So when you talk about specifically secular meditation, what do you mean by that? Well, secular means non-religious. Uh, the uh, particular uh, uh, group where I lead the meditations is one that serves students uh, uh, at Harvard. Uh, and we also serve uh, people outside. Uh, everyone in the Boston area is, is welcome to attend. But it, was, it started with focus on uh, Harvard students. And uh, secular essentially means the students who are not participating in a religious community. And we provide... Uh, services to them, such as meditation, but in a way that uh, does not, um, uh, for those students who, who actually, uh, let's say, they, they, they've had negative experiences with religion and they don't want to participate in another religious community, we've, we've done it in such a way that it doesn't trigger those sort of um, recollections, let's say. So when you say secular, non-religious, would you say, is, is, it, is it written that way or said that way because other forms of meditation are directly linked to a religion? Well, much of the practices, most of the practices that I have in the book are, are derived from Buddhism. Uh, this one, which is really derived from, I would say, Hindu practice, and I actually have one uh, derived from Roman Catholic practice. Uh, and uh, oftentimes the meditations themselves are not necessarily all that religious, but there's still a little bit of wording uh, sometimes. So some of the Buddhist practices, like loving-kindness meditation, does involve guidance that sometimes seems uh, like uh, a prayer. And uh, in our community, uh, uh, that's something that many people would not uh, be accepting of. So we just changed the word a little bit so it... Uh, doesn't uh, evoke those associations. One of the chapters in the books we talked about, or you talked about, happiness and and not looking towards external circumstances. Can, can yes, yeah, so I think uh, that's very very significant because I do think uh, mindfulness practices can bring us moment to moment, a uh, moment to moment sense of happiness. Uh, I actually distinguish in the book between a moment to moment sense of happiness and there's a sort of long term uh, sense of meaning which I'm not necessarily saying that meditation can produce a, a sense of meaning. Uh, so I, I, I claim it's half the secret to happiness, not the entire secret to happiness. <laughs> but, but my claim is that if you can do these practices, and the, the prerequisite for mindfulness practices is that you have your basic physical needs met. You have to have enough food, water, shelter, a place to sleep. And once you have those basic physical needs met, you have the ability to do these practices, and I think you can find happiness through that.
And why do you think so many of us in this society look for external circumstances or things, tools? We collect everything. We want flashy cars and jewelry. But why do we look for external as opposed to internal? Well, it's certainly a little bit easier. As I mentioned, if, if your favorite uh, team wins the World Series, and uh, I'll mention here, you know, we're Red Sox fans over here, it gets you very excited, and it actually becomes very easy. So without, with that stimulus, it becomes easy to be happy. But the, even without that stimulus, you, you can, because, for instance, if you read in, on a website that your team won the game, and you actually didn't see the game, but just that actual knowledge, that information comes into your brain, and then your brain... Uh, does these transmissions of um, what we call neurotransmitters and and what it, uh, and uh, that is actually what causes the feeling of joy and happiness to occur in your brain and to express in your body. So it's actually occurring in your body. These things that are going outside are just um, sort of ways that make it a little bit easier. But practices uh, in the book, such as loving kindness practice, are actually ways that you can self-generate these sort of feelings. All right, so I just want to take a moment to tell you about the tire shop here in Olds. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not really a car person. I wouldn't be the first to fix, well, anything. <laughs> so that's why I trust some a company like the tire shop. When I bring my car in there, I always know that it's going to get quality service. I really love the customer service. It's, it's bar none. They treat you like family. And this is a family-run business for 40 years. So they're definitely doing something right. And they're not just a tire company. So they do oil, brakes, tune-ups, your battery, wheel alignment. They do all kinds of different things to service your car. And now that winter's on the way, it's definitely a good time to get your car checked out, have someone that you trust and, and believe in, and to support the community as well as a local tire shop. You can reach them at 403-556-7660. Or if you want to stop in, they're at 5903 Imperial Way, right behind Napa. And how can we use meditation to release some kind of anxiety or fear of thoughts that we have going on? Well, uh, you know, there are a few different ways people deal uh, with anxiety. One is therapy, and uh, I don't have expertise in the area, but I do believe that therapy is a good thing, and I don't think that uh, meditation and therapy are exclusive, so you can actually do both. One might be more appropriate than the other in certain circumstances. But the way um, meditation works is that we often ruminate over uh, uh, things that uh, are not going the way, let's say, we want them to be. And we, over and over again, we kind of have this voice in our heads that uh, kind of bring these things up. And a meditation quiets the inner voice, and you get to a state where uh, the voice is perhaps just only a whisper. And it's uh, much easier to tolerate, and you're much open to what is going on in the present moment, which might, may be much more pleasant than that fearful scenario you've been running through in your head. Would you recommend a specific type of meditation for anxiety, or is that depending on the individual? Well, I think the, um, the, the sort of um, mindfulness practices, uh, such as a breath meditation, ambient sound meditation, where you are focusing on the present moment, are ways of dealing with anxiety because anxiety is usually something a, a concerned about the future. The difference between fear and anxiety is that fear is that you're afraid of something that is going on in uh, in the present moment. Let's say you're crossing the street and a car is coming at you and you feel fear and makes you run to get to the other side. 
that uh, is a feeling in the present moment, whereas anxiety is something about the future. Uh, so if you can actually be anchored in the present moment, most of the time the present moment is it's okay. Uh, and uh, so these sort of present moment practices, such as mindfulness of breath, are uh, really helpful, I believe, in, deal, in dealing with, um, I'd say, garden variety anxiety. If, if, if it's very, I, I certainly, if a person is really, really troubled with those sort of things, I, I would say it's, you should still consider uh, seeking therapy. So what do, you, what, is, what do you tell someone when they say, what about the future or what about the past? If all you're focusing on or using meditation to focus on the present, you know, how do we pay attention to what's going on in the future and not have something like anxiety come up? Uh, that's an excellent question. So I don't believe that you have to be present-focused all the time. And what's probably best is to ha- make a conscious decision of whether you want to be focusing on the future or not. So in other words, oftentimes you're actually trying to do something in the present moment and you're troubled by unwanted thoughts. And that's when mindfulness practices can be helpful. But sometimes you actually do need to sit down and, you know, plan your next step. And then one of the meditations I have is actually called a daydreaming meditation in which you actually sit down and think about the sort of things you would aspire to do in the future. The idea is, and that is that you are, you are still, you are focusing on the present when you want to focus on the present. You are focusing on the future when you want to focus on the future, but you're not having these thoughts that are distracting you from what you're trying to achieve. All right, just a quick word from some of our longtime sponsors. We have Health Street and Olds, who really raise the bar in the health food industry. They have some of the highest standards in Canada, and they also have expert advice. When all, Anytime you go in there, they know exactly what you need, what products do, what things to your body. So it's important that when you go into a health food store, you can get some advice like Health Street offers. So check them out. You can also find them at healthstreet.ca. We have AG Foods in Didsbury who are always bringing better quality foods to the grocery industry. It's very nice to have a company or a grocery store like that in our community in the area. So visit AG Foods. And then we have Shoppers Drug Mart in Olds as well. They've been with us from the very beginning, very influential within the community. They're always supporting local events and, of course, this show as well. So if you get a chance, stop in, visit Shoppers Drug Mart and the rest of our sponsors as well. They love to hear that their that their contribution to this show show is appreciated as well so if you get a chance let them know you're enjoying their support and this show how do you link meditation and visualization so when i say visualization so we could talk about the things we want maybe the goals we set maybe you could see yourself performing these type of things do you link meditation in the same kind of way of seeing yourself in a, in a happy healthy lifestyle or is it completely different I wouldn't say it's completely different. I, I, I don't uh, really write very much about visualization. I think I, I did, we did try one sort of visualization uh, meditation, I, and I describe that in the book. But it's, it's not something that, uh, that I really get into. But uh, basically, uh, one way to think about, though, is that we have um, inner images. So w- this inner voice that we are often trying to quiet is... Uh, a inner version of uh, the sense of hearing. And mental imagery is an inner version of what we see. Sometimes people can actually have uh, troubling mental images as well as troubling 
in her speech. The, um, I do actually have uh, one meditation where I talk about uh, the idea of relaxing the muscles of the face. And there's actually uh, a certain amount of research shows that if you relax the muscles used in speech, it quiets inner speech. And that surprisingly, when you actually relax the muscles around the eye, that can actually have an effect of reducing mental imagery. Uh, that's not something that I particularly recommend. Uh, I think it's a little complex, but uh, uh, there, there's, um, there is some relation. How are you able to relax your muscles around your eyes? Uh, if you think of uh, when you stare at someone, the, the opposite of relaxing the muscles around is, to, is to stress or tighten the muscles around your eyes. So if you think about staring at something, and, you become, if, and if you become mindful of the muscles as you're doing that, you will notice tension in the muscles of your eyes. And then when you, uh, as you become familiar with that, is if you let go of the stare and just let it go, you will feel the tension release. So that's something I refer to as softening the gaze. And that is something that I recommend uh, when a person does a meditation, uh, relaxing the muscles of the face, including the muscles around the eyes and softening the gaze so that even if your eyes are closed, relaxing the muscles around the eyes so that they are not really focused on anything. Now, how do you recommend someone that's starting out, someone that wants to learn about meditation? Uh, would you say that they should find a, a quiet place to sit, cross-legged? How would you describe that for someone, some of our listeners that want to know how to get started with this today, let's say? Um, you don't need to cross your legs. I don't. I sit in a chair myself. Uh, but I do recommend uh, more of a hardback chair, not a, not a comfy couch or anything like that, but sort of a, a simple wooden chair is, is pretty good. And uh, you, you try to sit up straight, um, not in a tense way, but uh, fairly straight. Sometimes it helps to imagine that there's like a little cord at the top of your head, just gently pulling your head up. And uh, so you, you, you develop that posture. And uh, let's say if it was a breath meditation, you focus on... Uh, the breath. What happens when you do this is you do find you become distracted from this focus and you start thinking about something else. You start thinking about lunch, let's say. Notice your distraction in a friendly way because mindfulness is paying attention to what is going on in the present moment in a friendly way. So when you're distracted, you notice that in a friendly way. And then bring your attention back to what you're trying to do, which is, uh, in, let's say in the case of a breath meditation. I also uh, do uh, recommend uh, loving-kindness meditation, which is a guided meditation which you leverage the warm feelings that you have for loved ones and see if you can broaden that to include not just yourself but also neutral people, uh, just sort of strangers, let's say, uh, and, uh, and even difficult people, people who, uh, let's say, a difficult coworker, and try to develop a, uh, a, a warmer feeling toward the people uh, you share your life with. I actually believe that that is something that uh, for many people is a good way to start because it doesn't involve quieting the mind. Many people say that they just really can't turn off their thoughts. And so the loving-kindness meditation is a guided meditation, which you don't need to do that. And uh, that's also a good way to start. So when this loving-kindness meditation, when you're thinking about acquaintances or loved ones, are you just thinking good thoughts about them? If I may, what what I do is I ask a person to think of uh, a loved one, a, a benefactor, someone when you think of this person, it makes you feel warm. And we have some phrases that uh, we use, kind of evoke the feelings. We, uh, I would like you to be safe. I would like you to be healthy. I would like you to be happy. I would like you to be at ease in the world. 
And it's, it's actually those phrases, uh, and it's an intention. And uh, when you think about that intention with a, um, a loved one, it, it develops warmth. And the feeling of warmth actually persists even when you change the focus from a loved one to uh, what I call a neutral person, let's say uh, the, the person uh, at Starbucks who served you coffee this morning. And uh, you find that it's possible to, to actually expand your feelings of warmth to this neutral person. And it actually becomes really a, a very pleasant uh, experience. And then um, just a little bit more abstractly, uh, what we're trying to do with mindfulness is, is actually take the, taking this friendly feeling not just toward people but to every uh, form of experience. So uh, you, you walk, if you're hiking in the woods, you, you have the same sort of warmth toward uh, the trees. I mean, you, obviously the trees are not going to be friendly back to you, but uh, you just basically are, are from moment to moment having a feeling of friendliness and to your moment to moment experience. You know, we were talking about secular meditation earlier in the show. We discussed uh, maybe someone might have negative feelings towards a religion. You want this to be more neutral. Uh, I hope that's fair to say. Does mm-hmm. this loving kindness meditation, does anyone have any issues that, that might sound like they're praying for their? Uh... Well, the, uh, the, just the very the simple uh, thing is in the traditional uh, Buddhist practice that I learned, instead of saying, uh, I would like you to be happy, uh, the, the phraseology was, may, may, may so-and-so be happy, which sounded uh, to some people like uh, they, they were praying, and that, that's the, because when you say may, may so-and-so, it sort of sounds like you're seeking, asking a higher power for that permission. That's why I just tweak the wording. I w- hopefully, over time, even if a person had some negative experiences with religion, one of the things with mindfulness is that you, you kind of learn to process those sort of things, and uh, hopefully that would um, bring you at least to a point of equanimity. The goal, uh, one of the goals of this practice is to a point, a point of equanimity, and I actually define it as a point of positive equanimity, where it's basically you go around in life and you, you are enjoying the moment. You know, we have a, a life is short and, we, and our, our moments are precious, so if we can bring uh, a sort of positive focus to that, it's good. Now, obviously, there are some, you know, harmful, you know, there are some bad situations in where we can't be Pollyanna, so I do discuss sort of also wisdom and discernment to say, okay, there are certain situations where one can't simply be accepting about that. But for the most part, the lives of uh, people today are so much better than our grandparents and our great-grandparents, and I think we uh, have a lot to be grateful for. All right, Rick, before we let you get on with your day, can you tell us about your book, where we can find it, your website, and more information about yourself? Yes, Secular Meditation is available in uh, major bookstores in the United States. It's available at Barnes & Noble, I'm sure, uh, in... uh, uh, Canada. There are some other uh, bookstores uh, similar which would uh, sell that. It's also available online at uh, Amazon.com. My website is uh, RickHeller.com, and there I have uh, some videos. So if you want to uh, sort of check out a bit, even without looking at the book, if you would just want to see some videos uh, of, of where I lead a loving kindness meditation, where I lead a, uh, a mindfulness of breath meditation. All right, Rick, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today on Exploring Mind and Body. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thanks so much for being here to check out the show. 
Now, if you're looking for some fantastic hemp products, you can visit hempy.ca. They have a line of different hemp products to improve your health, and they also focus on local, which I really like myself. And again, and then they also have some distribution options in case you're looking for some supplemental income or to start your own business. Again, that's hempy.ca. And then we have Misty Reimer, who is at All About You Massage. Now, she specializes in eyelash extensions, sculpted nails, and spa services. So, again, if you're looking for some massage, sculpted nails, eyelashes, visit Misty Reimer at All About You Massage. And lastly, before I let you go, if you don't want to miss any of these shows, I send them out each week in my weekly newsletter every Monday morning. So, that's my current content. So, recipes, videos, blog posts podcasts, radio shows. I send that all out every Monday morning. If you're interested, head over to trueformlife.com and you can subscribe on the main page. And then I also have a monthly membership I want to tell you about briefly here. Now we design weekly meal plans that include recipes and grocery shopping lists. We also design weekly workout schedules, all at home workouts, video explanations, along with printable PDFs for you to print out and keep and take with you. So if you want more details, you can head over to trueformlife.com. There's more details on the home page there. And if you want to check out any of the past shows, visit Exploring Mind and Body. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com. Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia would not be possible without the help of GDK Gravel and Sand. GDK Gravel and Sand, now offering all products in half and one yard bags. Give them a call today for more information. 1-877-335-2091.